Uh, so we're going to start in the June 6th meeting of the Warrant Committee. Um, we have uh, on our agenda tonight, we're going to be talking about the Medfield State Hospital development. We've got some guests here with us, uh, Trinity Financial, to give a, an overview presentation similar to what's been provided to uh, the community. Uh, we'll have an opportunity uh, to ask as many questions as we'd like. Um, also uh, with us is the chair of the development committee, Todd, uh, is here. Um, after Trinity gives a presentation, Todd will offer some, up some, he has a presentation as well, but can skim through that and just kind of touch the high points as, as he sees fit or as our discussion and conversations take us. Um, so this, um, you know, is a, is a lead up to the special town meeting that's been called for June 21st. Um, you know, as the Warrant Committee, it's, it's our duty to make a recommendation to the town meeting uh, on all warrant articles that go before the town meeting. So there will be a warrant article regarding the disposition of the Medfield State Hospital, and there'll be a warrant article regarding uh, a zoning amendment um, for the Medfield State Hospital. Um, uh, at our, we have a scheduled meeting for next Monday. Um, it's my hope that by the end of next Monday, we have enough of or all of our questions answered that we might be in a position to have a vote on a recommendation. Um, certainly, if we're if we don't have, and you know, members, please let me know if you don't have uh, comfort uh, or you need more information um, before that vote. Please let me know. So. Please ask as many questions as you can tonight, and then certainly um, in the next couple of days, I would I would ask that you know please send me all the questions or you know, outstanding pieces of information that you may need, and uh, I'll do my best to try to get those for us um, uh, before our next meeting on Monday. Um, so that would be kind of the goal. Um, on Monday, we do have a couple um, visitors scheduled. Uh, we'll have. Um, Christian Carpenter, uh, one of the uh, Board of uh, Water and Sewer members, will come and join us to have a meeting this week to discuss um, the peer review um, and the, the due diligence for the water and sewer and utilities. So uh, Christian will join us to help us understand that um, and we can ask questions. And Sarah Raposa, uh, the town's planner, will also be with us next Monday to help with any questions we may have on the, the rezoning um, amendment. Um, if there's anybody else that you folks think we should invite to one of our meetings, please let me know. Um, at this point, there's, I'm not aware of any organized group that's in opposition per se to the, to the development. So there's not necessarily a, a group you know, to invite you know, along those lines, but if there are other uh, members of the, the community that we think of value to have join us, I'm more than happy to entertain that. So. Let me know um, after the meeting if that's the case, and I can try to schedule that for our next meeting as well. Um, but there's been a lot of due diligence that's been undertaken and it is currently being undertaken. It's a, a great website that's being maintained by, by town staff that I keep sending you links to that has a nice metrics and table of all the due diligence reports that have come in. And as the peer review from the town's peer review consultants come in, those are also posted. Uh, in addition to that, I've been trying to forward those along or those things along uh, when they're available. And I know there are several um, 
additional opportunities for the public to hear for directly from Trinity Financial um, uh, regarding the projects. For, uh, later this week, June 9th at 7 p.m. at the Public Safety um, Center facility, there's a, another additional public information listening session. Um, uh, that's in addition to the two previous listening sessions that Trinity held. So, in any event, uh, we have some guests here tonight. Uh, we'd like to welcome them forward to. Oh, wait. That's right. Thank you, Bob. That was my. We have two members participating remotely. Uh, Sharon and Jill, could you please announce yourself and mention that you're participating remotely? Sharon? Sharon Cagro, participating remotely. Jill Rafter, participating remotely. Oh, and Amanda has joined us now too. Amanda Hall, participating remotely. Sharon, what, what, what drawer is the chocolates in? <laughs> I know, sorry, I know, I should have brought delivery. I feel like that's a fail on me. Always bring <laughs> I was gonna say, Christine, did they eat all of it that was in the kitchen? Didn't stand a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, thanks for the reminder. Um, so with that, we'll go welcome Trinity forward. Thank you. Um, my name is Abby Goldenfarb. I'm with Trinity Financial. I'm joined by Amanda Alberta and Jim Keith in the back row. Uh, thank you so much for having us here uh, this evening. We have uh, spent the last uh, month or so really getting to know a number of your groups in town. We've uh, met with the seniors at the Senior Center. We had a lovely lunch with them uh, before our public meeting on the 18th. We also met with members of the Norfolk Hunt Club, uh, which was really fascinating, um, living in the city and then seeing the, uh, just hearing about their, um, what they do and their uh, rides was just incredible. Uh, we're meeting with the Charles River Watershed uh, next week in the Medfield Energy Committee. And uh, we're meeting with the water and sewer tomorrow night and um, a representative garlic as well. So it's just been wonderful um, being immersed in everything that your town um, has done for the project. You can go to the next page, thank you. So what we have presented tonight, and please feel free to interrupt us um, and ask any questions is uh, just giving you a brief overview of the project. If you're not already aware of that, giving you an update on our due diligence and um, and of course, taking any feedback and questions you have. Is the, is the presentation available for the folks that are online? Yes, that's an important point. Sorry. Well, they could see it on the, I mean, I didn't share the screen. screen. Oh, you yeah, haven't shared the screen. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay. Yeah, I missed Okay. Yep. Are we good? 
Okay. Um, so just briefly, we'll walk through the proposed redevelopment program. I'm sure many of you are familiar with it, but just to bring you up to speed, uh, what we are proposing to do at the State Hospital property is restore all of the contributing historic buildings on the core campus. I think uh, many of you have heard us say uh, when we first visited, uh, we really fell in love with the buildings and, and Jim actually just drove through there and came back um, all starry-eyed about just how beautiful it, it is. Um, so what our plans are to do is contribute, um, restore all the contributing buildings. Uh, we are proposing 334 apartment homes uh, 75% of which will be market rate, 25% of which will be affordable up to 80% of area median income. Um, there'll be a mix of studios, one and two and three bedrooms. Uh, what we'd really like to do is collaborate with the Cultural Alliance of Medfield. We're completely supportive of all of their efforts. Uh, we're amazed at the work that they've done to date, all of the events that they have there. And we just think it will be an incredible amenity for Medfield. Uh, so as part of our plan, uh, we will be contributing and supporting this effort of theirs. Um, working with the town, we have always wanted to maintain the campus as open and accessible to residents. Um, we understand what a role the hospital played um, in the history of the town, but also during the pandemic and letting people come up and use the grounds. Uh, we want people to cross through the, the campus and um, really be respectful as they would walking down the sidewalk of any neighborhood in Medfield. Um, this has also helped um, in part because the town is maintaining some of the large open spaces, the green, the Northfield and the Arboretum. So those are our overarching goals. Um, this is the particular mix of the units. Um, we have uh, 45 studios, 155 one bedrooms, 102 bedrooms, and 34 three bedrooms. And the unit mix changed as we went through the due diligence and realized um, we could have more three bedrooms on the property. And this would help with the town's um, subsidized housing inventory. Uh, that was a requirement. So we've made that adjustment. Um, distinctive features of the project. Again, um, our goal is to create housing that we would live in any of the units ourselves. Um, we don't distinguish or distinguish market rate from affordable. All of the same unit finishes will be in the um, buildings um, and in the different apartments. Um, it, really for us, it's about creating high quality housing. Um, again, we've, we've worked on many developments where there's a lot of open space and, and keeping it open to the public is important. And we will do that on this project as well. One of the things that we bring to this um, opportunity is we bring a team that we've worked with for many years and we're happy to go into detail with them, um, but we've worked on some of our toughest historic rehabilitations with them and really been through situations and one historic rehab where we had a building and we literally only had three exterior walls standing. And that's that's pretty scary when you, you know that in order for you to get the historic tax credits that are needed to make the project feasible, that you need to make sure those walls don't come down. And so this group, this group of architects and engineers um, has been through a lot together and works well together. And we think that's important and should give you comfort. 
Uh, we've also have been through, you know, many ups and downs of the economy. Um, you know, haven't seen anything quite like this supply chain issue right now, but we are prepared to deal with challenges and, um, and recognize in, in our numbers um, the challenges that these buildings have in particular. They are going to be very expensive to rehabilitate. Uh, there's a lot of asbestos, there's structural challenges, and uh, we'll get through that as we have done on other projects. <coughs> Uh, this is just an overview of the site plan. As you can see, we really want to retain the arts uh, focus center of the development. Uh, we're looking forward to collaborating with CAM, um, having events in the um, center of the campus. Uh, we're also talking to CAM about kind of future places they may um, look for new construction opportunities if, if that was desired. Um, we're looking at activating the campuses, ideally with public art, uh, restoring the buildings, keeping a lot of that uh, historic um, integrity of the buildings and the character of the buildings, yet bringing a modern, uh, fresh approach where people will want to live there. Go to the next slide. Um, we'll give you an update on our due diligence. This is what we've been doing uh, for the past few months. Uh, really digging in deep, and um, I'm sure a lot of you have seen what's posted on the website. But first, we've been having um, a lot of conversations with the town about the gun range and a strategy for mitigating the noise that we think is problematic. Um, we think it presents a risk for lease up and for financing, and so we're talking with the town about uh, different ways to mitigate that noise. Um, we're supportive of the gun range. It's really important to the state police and to the town. Um, so it's just kind of managing the noise that um, we're going to work on. Uh, we've been in many conversations with CAM about the scope of work and their program, um, especially as the town decided to keep the Arboretum. We wanted to make sure we could get the same unit count and um, try to figure out to make sure this worked with CAM's uh, future goals. We've also done an up, uh, updated fiscal analysis with our consultant, uh, Fougere Planning and Development. Um, he's had many conversations with the school committee, I'm sorry, not the school superintendent, with the police and fire department, uh, DPW. Um, those conversations are not concluded. I know we're still talking with the town about the DPW um, roads and maintenance. Uh, but those conversations have resulted in an updated fiscal impact report um, that we're still finalizing. We had a market study completed by Kenilworth, Kenilworth Market Advisors. Um, this gave us comfort that the uh, rents that we were proposing in our pro forma were, were achievable and um, that there was indeed demand for housing. Uh, Ascentec, worked on a uh, plan for gun range mitigation. As many of you can imagine, this is never something we thought we'd be working on, uh, gun range mitigation and not dealt with a gun range before, but it was really interesting to, to understand kind of different enclosures that could mitigate sound and how far uh, those, could, those could work and, and kind of figuring out that feasibility of that um, building. Uh, with Vertex, we went in and uh, tested four sample buildings for lead paint, asbestos, and hazardous materials. Uh, the findings were consistent with what uh, the town had found in its previous studies. 
and uh, Vertex gave us some preliminary cost estimates. In our environmental assessment report, um, we worked with Ms. McPhail Associates, who are, who's our licensed site professional, and they did a review of all the historic reports, um, different releases that, that happened on the properties, um, and kind of highlighted areas that uh, we'd want to pay attention to as the project uh, moves forward. Um, and with existing conditions, this is really cool. I don't know if any of you looked on the website or if the town has provided it yet, but they went through and did as-built surveys of all the buildings. So they went in and measured um, using lasers and basically created like a Google, Google Earth experience in every one of the buildings so they could really figure out how deep um, the different rooms were, the dimensions, uh, so that we could make sure what we were planning for units uh, was really um, accurate. You know, our initial plans, we just looked at Google Maps and used kind of the footprints of the building, but this gave us exact dimensions. Oh, I thought we were, <laughs> we were done, but we did more. Um, with Icon Architecture, we um, again updated our plans based on these um, existing conditions and more realistic understanding of the dimensions of the buildings. Um, with VHB, we did an updated traffic study and a water and sewer capacity study as well. Uh, with Fort Point Associates, we reviewed all the existing permitting documents and created an updated list of all required federal, state, and local permits. Um, with Public Archaeology Laboratory, we coordinated with the town officials on our um, compliance with the MOA, and we also submitted our part one uh, application. And this is basically an application you submit to the Mass Historical Commission, and then they submit one to the National Park Service to kind of verify that the buildings have historic significance, which we all know they do, but this is a necessary step in the process. And with Robinson and Cole, we've worked on the provisional designation agreement, and we are now working on the land or the final land, land development agreement and uh, land dis disposition agreement, and uh, we've run title on the project. So a lot of work um, and um, hopefully you've all been able to take a look at it. Um, this is just a couple um, of images that our team has created. Uh, sure. Question on the sure. So, um, you know, a lot of these have been posted up on the website along with the town's peer review. Um, right. Is it several of those studies, the market study and environmental assessment hazardous materials reports? Are still pending peer review. Um, well, we're not actually planning to have those peer okay. reviewed. We feel those relate more to their development budget and their ability to finance the project. Mm -hmm. So they get to the pro forma, but we don't feel the need to have you know, an environmental uh, firm, okay, you know, review their their studies. So other than the updated fiscal impact analysis uh, and that that peer review, are there any? Outstanding due diligence requirements on the town side. Uh, yeah, we have some uh, some numbers we're going to run with Harrigan Group, who's a technical assistance advisor to the development committee on the pro forma and the development budget. But that's you know within our control in terms of timing. There's no third party. Okay. So we have water and sewer, stormwater, traffic, 
and actually tomorrow we're expecting physical impact analysis. Great. So it'll be a complete set. Super. Thank you. Sorry. Oh, you're welcome. Um, this is an image uh, we have kind of standing in the center street at the clubhouse, uh, looking back upon what would be the art center. Um, we envision this really as an activated um, neighborhood come to life, uh, lighting, as we said, landscaping, um, art sculpture, public art sculpture. We really see this as um, an enhanced version of what you have now, um, a little more activated, um, not so scary or creepy. And, um, you know, we know there's a lot of history there and we're really hoping to infuse uh, this property with a sense, a spirit of wellness. Um, we know, actually, I think it was John uh, who said the other day, you know, it would be wonderful to pay homage to the people that have lived there, you know, spent their lives there, spent parts of their lives there. And, and we really feel like that's important. This, this place has history, we should recognize it. And um, we've even thought of some really wonderful ways to honor um, people who spent time there. Can you do the, um, in, in the center there, there's that, uh, there's two buildings. One is a real, it's like, like a cafeteria, I think, for that. And is, are those built? Are those buildings going to be there? Are they going to be? So there's a portion of um, I don't know if you can see this 27B, which is kind of the new looking, unattractive, not historic yes. looking structure. We're proposing removing that. Okay, thank you. That's what I'm trying to clarify. Right. Um, yeah, that's, I think uh, if you read closely, it'll, you can't see it from here. Yeah, yeah, that will be demolished. So this will be an opportunity for um, open space and, and landscaping. And um, at our meeting on May 18th, we actually got a lot of feedback from people on what they would like to see here um, in the, from the town at that meeting. So that's something um, we're going to talk about at our meeting on Thursday. Um, and again, these are just images at our meeting coming up on Thursday. Um, we're getting the architects to kind of report back on the feedback they got and what um, what folks in the town said they would like to see here. So we're really excited about that. Uh, this is one more view of uh, walking down. You can see that the um, I think that's a chapel far away on the on the left and um, again, a place where Medfield residents can come and enjoy um, and just really um, see those buildings in a wonderful new light. So I think that is our, we do have more detailed information on the due diligence, if you'd like to hear that. So when this is fully built, Trinity still has the offices on site Right. And they don't have to sell the property or, or is there anything? So typically with our historic uh, rehabs, we have um, rehabilitated them and have owned them. Um, per the guidelines of the National Park Service, we have to maintain ownership for five years at least before we could ever sell it. Um, that's something that um, we haven't contemplated yet what the whether we would sell it at that point, but it's it's we're not precluded from selling it, but it's not something that we've typically done with our historic rehabs. When you say sell, you mean to another institutional investor as yeah. opposed to 
make it condos up here? You could do either one. Yeah. So um, we we haven't typically done that, okay. um, but it is an option um, that could be done. But you have to wait that five year period from the time you receive a certificate of occupancy. Um, so upon completion, we would self manage. Probably have like community events. We would have a, all that kind of stuff going on. We would have a property management. Okay. We would have our property management firm. Um, or a third party firm manage the property, um, probably our firm. Um, and then, yeah, on site staff, on site leasing, property management. What's the timetable? If the, the LDA hopefully will happen at the June 21st sure. uh, vote. And then, how does what happens next? What's a, a rough time? Oh, that's great. Uh, so, what we have envisioned is um, the due special town meeting vote would be in June. Um, starting in July, we would um, begin really dig into design development. Um, we'd finish our, um, we'd finish kind of get going on more in-depth um, conceptual and then detailed design of the buildings. We'd also go do some more of our um, investigation right now. As I said, we did for um, hazardous materials review, we do it on every single building, deeply document and kind of walk through the plans of every building. Um, that's where we need to get to um, so we can submit all of the planning applications to the um, planning department and start to go through that process. And we've continued the major permitting uh, that we've started with the park service. They're gonna be looking for um, detailed information. What is the view? We actually have 27 separate applications to the park service. So they are gonna to wanna to see elevations of every side of that, those buildings, what they'll look like. And um, they would review kind of floor, um, roof plans of each of those buildings. So a very intensive design process. And then um, the goal would be to complete that work within a year, um, all of those permitting and um, secure our financing and ideally start construction by March of 2024, if not sooner. So uh, in, in that summary, are there deal, deal stoppers? Um, I mean, you, great you're, selling, you're selling your this development to us in this context, right? As, as if we vote, it'll get done. But are there, are there speed bumps that could turn out to be deal breakers? Um, like another pandemic, a global no, pandemic. No, 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 nothing like that. I haven't seen the, uh, the land distribution agreement, okay? So I don't know what the terms are. It's been done in the, in the context of the, the executive session of the select board. So I mean, my question is, as we go through here, it's, it's all, and, and you see the due diligence, um, as I have seen each one of the due diligence reports and each one of them, it seems like, okay, we see it and we expected it and it's fine and we're going for it. Right. My question is, the only one that I've heard so far is the gun, the gun site. Okay. And, right. and it would seem to me that somehow we should be able to put a, 
some cylinder blocks around the gun sight and, and, and do something. I don't know what it's going to be, but right. But but that's the only one that's been been raised. From, are, there, are there others? From our perspective, the gun sight is a major. Um, is it a showstopper? It is. Okay, but let's, so what are, okay, let's, so what, let's put that one down. Gun stuff. Yeah. What else? You know, we like this have this saying: we never give up. I mean, we're always concerned with every one of our projects. Uh, construction costs are constantly rise, rising. That's what keeps us up at night, trying mm -hmm. to make the numbers work. Um, we will get there and make the numbers work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we need support from the state. These are gonna be very expensive buildings to mm -hmm. rehabilitate. So that's something that's always worries us. Um, you know, if there's, uh, uh, the environmental work that's still going on in the laundry parcel next door, we need to make sure that's closed out and done in a way that's important. So in the LDA, you'll see certain um, hurdles that we have, or certain uh, things that we have to bring to the table to deliver. Um, and you'll see those outlined in the LDA. But the gun, the gun range is what we've identified as the major concern. And, and the town and the state have been great. We've entered into conversations, but you know, come June 22nd, we're going to be all over trying to figure out let's how do we make that um, mitigation come to life. So, is there an anticipated time frame when you know uh, we may be able to see the the LDA as as it stands uh, that ready to be released more publicly? We're working on it. We're very close. Yeah, I think this we're done. Might it be before our next meeting? Monday? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't, personally, I don't see how we can vote. I absolutely so agree. I, I would not. We are trying to get it to you. Okay. Yeah, right. I mean, we, I think we're down to a handful of issues. A couple of them are just creating um, uh, appropriate, accurate um, maps of roads and things that will kind of outline responsibility for those, but. Mm -hmm. I think we're close. Well, I mean, you know, from my perspective, I mean, you know, it, it just have a general conversation is um, that it, I agree 100%. We, we need to understand what the LDA is. And in that context, um, you know, the gun range and other items such as that, so that we can understand as we present our view to the town. Um, you know what? You know what can go wrong that will okay. change this. So that people think at this point point in time, we're voting on this great, great, great ideas. Oh, sorry, financing didn't happen. Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, we found more environmental issues than we anticipated. Um, or hey, you're gonna have to pitch in something here. What what are those contingencies? Those, yeah. those are the things that I think, from my perspective, mm -hmm. we, we have to have to Absolutely. understand, consider, and then vote. My, my understanding is the the process is that you know, assuming a, a positive uh, town vote, that there's like a, a two year period. Exactly. Yeah, like that the land doesn't transfer. Exactly. It's until not all our the permitting yeah. process occurs. Right. Exactly. So, so there could be things that come up in that permitting process. Well, I understand that. And that's exactly my point. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I think that we, as we sit on the board of eight people and are going into this piece, we need 
in my, at least I do, I need to be able to articulate to the folks in town. You know, we're, we're basically like a, a, a congressional committee. Right, we don't. We, <laughs> right, we, you know, with all the stuff that goes with it, right? But all yeah. we do is recommend that you Absolutely. vote in one way or another. Yeah. But then, then we each have a vote, right? Absolutely. But when people come to us from the from the Warren Committee, uh, their their presumption is right that we've gone through enough and can at least inform them, right? And they'll, you know, some will understand that there's a two year. We're not passing over titles, right? Exactly. But the expectation is at the end of this process, we will under these terms, right? right? Exactly. And and then and then except for some things. And those are the things that we right. accept for. The, the primary like every now and then, you know, I get invited to these meetings and I get the distinct feeling of being kicked upstairs. So. <laughs> um, First of all, I think that, um, you know, the gun range has been an issue from day one, particularly in this day and age. Just, you've got a pastoral scene up there. I was just up there and had me characterized as being starry-eyed. I'm not often starry-eyed, but it's just a beautiful pastoral site. Um, and the gun range clearly, uh, again, today is, is, is a real issue and it's going to repress the, the value of the property. And I think we've done some good work with the help from the town and mass development and uh, more recently ECAM. I think that um, we feel good enough to believe that there's a solution there. Um, the other you know, issues that come up, I, frankly, my biggest concern right now is getting a quorum on the 21st and getting people to so I have to tell you that as much as everybody in town thinks this makes sense, it's going to be a really good benefit, big benefit for the town to do all this great stuff. The people that show up at town meetings, you know, generally show up because, you know, they want to say no. And we've got firsthand experience of this. And I'm a little terrified. Yeah, and, anyway, and I guess that's our biggest worry because we have a fairly significant investment in this right now as it is. And the way we structured this was, okay, we're prepared to make that initial investment. We're prepared to uh, take this up to the point where um, there's enough information out there that the town can reasonably get a grasp of what's ahead and decide to go forward. When we get that favorable vote, we are, we're gonna take off. We're gonna take off. Um, you know, and every real estate transaction is always surprises, uh, little things that come up, little quirks. Uh, they drive you crazy and keep us up at night. But I think in the 35 years that we've been in business, this is the kind of project we take on. Mm -hmm. It's not everybody's cup of tea. It's got a lot of moving parts. And in this day and age, there are a lot more vanilla projects out there that 99% of developers would rather pursue rather than take on something like this. I've said from the beginning, this is a rescue mission. This is a rescue mission. We're going to have to bring everything that we've been about in the past 35 years, all the relationships we've had, and employ them in what we believe is a project that is extremely special, that we think we're going to get the support that we need from, from the state, and we're going to get uh, a good response in the market. But I wouldn't jinx myself by saying we're not going to have any bumps in the road, there aren't going to be issues, or whatever. That's just real estate, man, unknowns. Well, I, yeah, go ahead. In, in fairness, 
you know, it's, it's the passion that comes and the, and, and you know, and, and speaking with Todd and talking about your history and your capabilities, you know, I think that speaks for itself. And I think that from my perspective, I'm not trying to say nothing can go wrong. I, what I'm trying to say is if there are, you know, as you highlight the gun issue, and I think that's very important to be upfront on that. And, you know, without, you know, suggesting that you're going to, you get a thousand problems. I get that. You know, you wake up every morning, you get them all in your head and you deal with them and you can address them. My question was, is there another one like that that's saying, oh, this is the one, there's a, there's a time bomb or, or landmine. I, I think the, um, I, again, I just put the site, and as Abby alluded to, we're taking on buildings that are in far tougher shape than these. These are actually in pretty good shape. That doesn't mean we're not going to find rot or this or that, but I think in general, structurally, they're in pretty good shape. Now, every month that goes by, every year that goes by, every winter goes by, Water starts creeping in and starts um, cause wreaking havoc, which is why, you know, we get that support. We're going to take off. Um, it's really important that we capture this opportunity now while the buildings are still in relatively good shape. Um, and we're really, you know, <coughs> we don't, I mean, again, I don't want to jinx it, but we wouldn't be this far in the process and have invested as much as we have if we weren't relatively confident that we're going to be able to pull this off and whatever challenges whatever low points there are when that thing gets done it's going to be spectacular it is going to be absolutely spectacular and whatever headaches whatever sleepless nights that we had to endure it will have been worth it well i think you know somehow in articulating that as you know to in this town meeting setting is very important because as i said the passion comes through but also the experience that you have i mean that that's what i when i sit back and look and go you know and, and uh, to my perspective having that experience and that knowledge not that there won't be a problem but it's a minute yeah. that you that's your job to yeah. manage it because you see the opportunity and in, in so far as the physical needs study um we are in pretty good shape with that we have a couple of um items to work out but uh, when we first submitted our um, proposal, we showed you a positive effect. And more right. recently, where our consultants met with department heads and in-depth discussions with police and fire and the schools, um, this is going to be a, a positive generator of revenue to the town, significant positive generator. And I think that the where we are right now and where your peer review people are, it's just making sure that we have all the I's done, all the T's, everybody's thought of every angle of this. So someone doesn't raise their hand and ask a question and suddenly, you know, we don't have an answer to that question. So a little bit extra time is gonna be worth it to make sure that um, this is going to be um, something that would be entirely defensible by you and others at the time. Maybe is this where, you know, you've got the slides ready to go. Yeah, Maybe we can, can do sort of an overview or sure. hit the high points on the due diligence. Sure. Including sure. the, the yeah. fiscal impact. Okay, so as uh, we started saying before, uh, this, there's a link uh, that the town has to this uh, group of, um, documents where these are imagery that taken by drones within the buildings um, using lasers that has really allowed us to capture the dimensions of the buildings. Um, there were a lot of places we couldn't get into uh, just 
given the you know structural integrity of the buildings, but mm -hmm. these images um, were very helpful in our planning. So this is the work done by existing conditions. On the um, environmental and hazardous materials, we had our site assessment report, which you've seen. Um, they've been to the site, they've reviewed the history and the records. Um, there will be a soil management plan when we um, get into the construction, um, especially of roads. Um, but one of the things, one of the key things that came out of that documentation was making sure that the environmental work that the state is doing on the laundry gets done and documented and that we be part of that process to understand um, kind of how that works. Um, the hazardous materials survey, again, these are um, samples we did on four buildings. <coughs> there is asbestos containing materials and lead-based paint in the property. Um, that's not a surprise. Um, I think what we're going to do um, once the town meeting vote happens is just understand, has any of the asbestos trickled out onto the ground outside the buildings? And if so, just making sure that our contractors will be aware of that and have a plan and, and that we've built that into our costs. Um, but again, nothing super surprising on this, um, on this uh, work. Uh, water and sewer utilities. This is, uh, we had VHB uh, did this um, work. They found sufficient capacity for water and sewer. Um, we're proposing new sewer, um, sewer lines be put in in addition and extension down hospital road um, to, I'm blanking on the copper, copper something road. Um, so it's around a 1200 foot offsite uh, extension uh, that we'll need to, um, do as part of the project, um, but we're still working on the details of this, I think, with the town. The town, uh, we just saw today, their peer review is either complete or in process, um, but we've had a lot of conversations with, and we're actually meeting with uh, some water and sewer folks tomorrow afternoon. Um, traffic study, uh, the team studied um, a number of intersections. Uh, the the analysis was that the new traffic generated by the project will not significantly impact traffic operations in the study area. Um, I think that whatever we was anticipated in the master plan uh, will be within. Um, we are going to be making um, intersection improvements that these were recommended in the master plan. Um, so we felt like, you know, the town is expecting these improvements at Harding Street and North North Street, Harding Street at West Street, and Hospital Road at Harding Street. Um, these are, I'm not a traffic engineer, but they're like triangular, strange conditions, and we're going to make them more T. Yeah, make them more into a T. Oh, people, people are free to say roundabout, and uh, it gets traffic engineers. Those three intersections were studied by the town's traffic engineer. Yes. Correct. Yes, so those and are, those were in the recommendations. I believe that was discussed at the prior select board meeting, and so those are the, the intersection improvements that you're carrying. Um, those are what we're contemplating now, um, and I think we're still talking with the, I think that's something we're still working on in the LBA. Okay. Um, I just got an email about that, so I haven't read the email, but if there are others, we'll take a look at that as well. Um, Those are good choices. So maybe you haven't seen it, but the, the, the town had a study 
done of your yeah your uh, traffic uh, review and there's a couple things in there that I wonder if you could talk to or if not you want you can get back to us but um, the you know one of the one of the points in that in the town's peer review was I think it was beta peer review was the uh, the Belfort Art Center. Yes. And, and the expected traffic yeah. from, from that facility uh, was not factored into the study, your study, I guess. And so I just wanted to make sure that um, if it's possible to sort of consider that, um, you know, at least that's what that's what the tier is. Sure. You know. So actually what we had asked for is to assume that the Arts Center traffic, we actually corresponded with the Arts Center traffic with the art center on expected traffic yeah. and include it in, I think the, even if this project weren't to go forward, what would that traffic look like? So it it is included in the in our study, just maybe not as part of the, um, I think it was part of the non-build, it was part of the background traffic. Okay, so, yeah, I'm more interested in the future. Right, but it was included in there. It was in we, the background traffic, yeah. and that uh, the proposed yes. traffic would have been additive, so it's included. Yes. Um, if that's the case. Yes. I was just reading the report. It says the Belfort Arts Center was noted to be a future use that would operate. Um, recommend the town consider the impacts of the Arts Center, which will likely overlap with peak opportunity of residential uses, particularly during evening peak periods. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that the count there was estimated traffic. Yeah. Just the the results of that. Yes. Why if, why did they make that comment? I guess. Well, we wanted to make sure that the Belfort's traffic wasn't considered part of our traffic. We wanted it to be already um, part of the future condition. Yeah. So maybe they didn't read it correctly, but we definitely included so the Belfort. Out of that 2,200 vehicles per day. It's. If you give me a minute, I can find exactly where it was, but um, we 100% included it. Okay. Well, maybe we'll just go back to beta and ask them. Yes, because they, 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 they can get clarity on that. They, they say, you know, right in there, it's number five in there. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a recommendation, actually. Well, so. we will. Um, so as you're talking about traffic, um, I think in, in anticipation of the, uh, the town meeting, it's not clear what access will be at the site during construction. And, you know, I think it's been said, well, you know, we get the backfield is open, and, you know, when they talk about the, uh, the overlook, um, you know, as, as we look at, or as I look at this and see the amount of construction, and I think you've said it in the public sessions that you'll, you'll probably have three different contractors working simultaneously to meet the, the 27 buildings. Can, can we get some clarity on what and how people would have access to during, the, construction. during construction outside of the campus? I understand that the campus isn't there, but obviously you're going to have to have access to the water tower because that's the town's going to need that. And then there's the other site. But I think people um, have a question on that. 
I understand that. I think um, we could. I don't think today. I think no, I'm this, not asking for today. Okay, we will be going what through. We, what we typically do is, I'm a community client, I suspect the building department required as a construction management plan that's completed by our contractor. And what it is is an agreement in terms of work hours, uh, deliveries, lay down space, protecting the public, a whole range of issues that they will enter into agreement with. Again, I'm not sure that Metro has this kind of procedure, but yeah. we're typically uh, in uh, situations where essentially all of those details are worked out by the people that are doing the work, mm -hmm. and the town gets to review it and make comments on it and improve it and, and make sure all the gaps are but that's standard operations. Yeah, so I'm not looking for an answer to yeah, that, but I'm just, I'm just in. I know that, it, and you already know too. You're shaking your head, going, you want to know because it's, absolutely. and people are going to say, well, you know, and their attention span, our attention span, <laughs> is is very limited, right? So it's like if it's going to impact my dog walk in the next two years, and I don't want to do it, you know. And we just, but certainly in a, in a you know a high level format. That, in general, these sorts of activities will we be can, continuous I can do, or I can try to get you as best of an answer I can get you right now without. Well, being... actually, you know what what you've said already is we're aware of it. You know that there will be some access and there'll be some limitations, but we understand that that there's open space and people are going to want to have access and it's, it's a development. So another factor, and I maybe even say. Well, that. I just wanted to clarify. So you're Bob, you're talking about public access to the areas outside so, of the construction. So not right. So let's yeah. imagine you know so the construction north field. Can, can I right. can I drive to the overlook right. during construction? Can I, can I get to the back? Can, can I get to the back and walk my dogs in the open no, field? Yeah. 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 Okay. So not within the perimeter of yeah, no, outside of the construction. Yeah. I bet you know, no, not that court camp. Yeah, yeah I, I guess the, the question is, it also has to do with the timing and phasing of the road work that needs to be done. So right. I, I to throw out an answer. Yeah. No, 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 yes. I'm not, I don't okay. want to have an answer. I'm, right. I'm just raising the question. Of course, yeah. absolutely. I, I think the other thing is, is that we have committed to establish what we call force account with the town for the town to be able to uh, employ somebody to basically represent the town uh, now and from June 22nd through construction completion. So sure. there will be someone uh, at the town who will be involved in all of our meetings, any kind of public impacts, uh, they will be you know, right on board and, and totally involved. And there's dollars that we're setting aside in our budget for part of but I mean, again, yeah, right. not to over, not, not to, okay, I'm probably already stating it, but the idea is being is that, yes, we understand that people want to have access to space yeah. outside of the construction. And is that being considered and will that be considered? Of course. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it just yeah. A, at least a acknowledgement that you're aware Absolutely. of. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because there's a lot of dog walkers. Oh. Dog. <laughs> and I bring my and own dog to one. So just that you you you're aware of it and you're you know you will you know obviously be concerned. Yeah, I mean if you have to have expand the little access roads so people can do it stuff like that. I mean it's just whatever. I'm not. Yep. Yeah. 
I don't mind solving the problem. Sorry. So we had the experience of building one of our buildings over the um, orange and green line superstation and um, by the TD Garden, where 15,000 passengers come in morning and night, and we had to keep Hopefully that operational. Hopefully, it's a little, you know, less complicated. <laughs> But I think um, we have this experience. We're just not at the point where we can right. detail it. But, but we, of will, course, it's important. People will be comforted yeah. if, they, if they know it's being considered. Absolutely. It's not like, okay, I won't have access to the for the next five years. But, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Thank you. Um, traffic site. So I will get back to you on the question of the arts, but we absolutely included it. It's just where it shows up in the report. Um, proposed parking count. This has changed um, a little bit uh, given the change in program, but what we are um, allowing for or kind of accommodating is one and a half parking spaces for studios and one bedrooms, two parking spaces for two bedrooms and three bedrooms, and then additional parking spaces for campus visitors. Um, we're also kind of working through these numbers just to make sure they work, but they all fall within the zoning um, that's allowed, parking that's allowed, as well as the, I think there's like an additional um, kind of uh, parking density that's allowed um, for the project. Will each building have enough uh, additional parking? Is it part of the 112, is that scattered yeah, throughout all of the buildings? that's ideally, yes. So, so that a guest won't have to traverse the campus. So That's our the, goal. What about the parking for the arts center? What, what, so the arts center part parking is not in our in our um, parking count. Yeah, it's well. outside of that, and that's part of the CAMS leased premises. Yeah, it's not that big. It's not a huge parking space they have, but right. And so can I, I don't know, this is unrelated to parking, but since you're on this slide, it triggered it in my mind. Do you happen to know the number of residents that arrange at least that we could expect from this development? Sure. Uh, per, we've had our uh, architect estimated and then the fiscal analysis consultant is between 700 and 800. Now those range from kids that's on average, um, what we envision. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so, a, so in along with the parking and along with the proposed forecasted units, is this like the opposite of proponics for you of what the units would look like? Or is that something to change? And kind of what would be the driving factors of that change? So this would be the most um the most three bedrooms we would have. We would not exceed this amount. Um uh, I think our initial mix was a little heavier on one bedrooms, but this was supported by our market study, so we think it's in line. I mean, again, the, the surprises that could come up in this situation, now that we've had the buildings mapped, mm -hmm. um, we, we feel comfortable in this unit mix. And um, So this could go from forecasted to definitive just as conditions exist right now. Yes, okay. but we're not going to exceed the 330. Right, but the mix, yeah. just the mix of units. Yeah. yeah. And just a comment, the LDA will cap the total number of apartments and the number of three bedrooms. So it'll cap just so it'll it'll have a cap on three bedrooms. Just three bedrooms, three bedrooms in total, not. Yeah. So there is room to play with that other mix. Okay. I, I, yeah. Right, but I know you know some people would be concerned. Okay, the developer gets started, and they come back, and that has to be five hundred. They can't. Have no, understood. Yeah. Agreement. It would have to be back to town meeting. 
No, this is just more like about business terms, kind of a question of like, okay, is this the optimal versus what, where is room for, to play with it? How does it affect the mixes of numbers? So, Okay. Uh, the fiscal impact to town, again, um, I'm not sure if this has been shared yet with the, um, okay. Um, so this is a projected total revenues based on the revised unit mix, as well as projected excise ta taxes. Um, these are estimates um, from taken from the town's budget, as far as police, fire, Outreach Council on Aging. Um, those are estimates taken from the town's budget and then confirmed we had conversations with the police department and the fire department. Um, and the DPW, I know we've been in a long conversation with the DPW about the roads and maintenance. Um, the schools, given the increase in three bedroom units um, and after conversations with the superintendent, um, we have increased the um, proposed cost or the estimated cost of um, schooling uh, additional children. We initially estimated 47 to 67 school children. That estimate has grown given the increased three bedrooms to 61 to 66. And again, this is not on day one. This is as the building, um, uh, as a project gains in occupancy, this is that stabilized occupancy. Uh, we also included costs uh, such as additional special special education costs, an additional bus route to serve the property, um, additional teacher costs as well. So um, this these figures uh, we have uh, reached, um, I think, agreement with the superintendent on these costs, and uh, that's a really great thing when your fiscal consultant and the superintendent um, are on the same page. So uh, question like on that. There's some discussions going on regarding the disposition of the, the roadways in the future, the public-private and the maintenance responsibilities of the right. town. I think that's still ongoing and maybe just um, just regarding maintenance, I think is what's... And what is your current, what is the, uh, the current impact, uh, fiscal impact assume? This assumes that the major, hmm, I gotta get, this assumes that the major outer loop mm -hmm. is owned by the town okay. um, and that the inner loop and maintained by the town and that the inner loop is um, maintained by Trinity, the, the roads and plowing. So that's kind of where we assumed, am I right in that? I can't remember the lot. We've had so many iterations of this, but um, we're hoping to wrap up those conversations. What's the time period that this represents, the annual net positive? Um, I think this is at stabilization. So it would be two years after completion, approximately. So 2028. So that that year, basically, uh, it's estimating. These were annual costs, annual, yes. You also added the 20% inflation factor on this cost. Okay. So I read that correctly. Uh, I think for for one of the school assumptions, there was a 20% right. additional inflation right. to a 2018 number. Right, right. Uh, but um, I, mean, I, I do have some questions um, on those school costs. Um, they're really in the weeds, though. So I'll, uh, I'll talk to uh, 
if you give me the questions, I can um, convey them. Yeah. You know, we're happy to answer them. Yeah, yeah. I was a little confused on that range. The, the, how you came up with the thirty-seven to forty-two hundred dollar range? I, I think was that was from uh, the. That. Yeah, well, that was. Yeah, I have that detail. I mean, that was that was what was done in two thousand. Yeah. So that that number came from what Margaret did on the initial master. Yes, that was from the plan. 2018 Metfield. And, uh, and so I, I can talk to you about that. I've got some details on that. But, you know, so, you know, one of the things that I want to just get to make sure that the school department agrees with is that in that, in that initial, I know you have two approaches to estimating costs here. One, one gives you a higher cost, one gives you a lower cost. Um, but in one of those cost numbers um, that was done back in 18, there was an assumption that there was some uh, additional classroom space needed for the Memorial School. Mm -hmm. And um, now, of course, that was when we were at 300, you know, they were forecasting that 300 school age children developing. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So, but since then, we've kind of we're, we're right at capacity at Memorial. Um, so we want, I just want to make sure that they're comfortable that there's not a need for additional, right. um, you know, a module or some type of classroom space yeah, with, with the 66 number, you know what I mean? Because we have the Aura too, the Aura project, mm -hmm. which has a bunch of three, two or three bedrooms, I think there's 25 there, so. Um, you know, the, the numbers are starting to add yeah, up. Right. Yeah. So that's right. And there's something like half a million dollar yeah, that, yeah, 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 as well. That I anyway, right it's, it's, we're getting we can ask, so, yeah. and actually, we're going to be back here on Wednesday night in front of the school committee. Well, um, so, if you give me your question, I, I heard. So, I, 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 I'll, I'll we'll, send it to you. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we'll make sure to have that. I think that bus cost is probably two thousand, uh, forty thousand is um, an old number too. So just to explain what we have on the left. So that was what we came in with our RFP. We, we proposed or we estimated 47 to 67 uh, children mm -hmm. and we used the cost per child from the 2018. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that gave you the cost depending on the number of children of 200,000 to 280. After the RFP, when we were designated, we then went back and met with the superintendent. The, the children increased because of the additional three bedroom units, but those costs, the additional bus route and teacher and special education were discussed with the superintendent. Okay. So those aren't our, I mean, they're now part of our analysis, but those I mean, were generated. Yeah, I don't think he had the detail. No, he what, that yeah, he didn't. He didn't. Right. So That's the cool. um, and this updated unit mix number also includes um, additional costs, the the basic costs that we assumed from the 2018. So okay. <laughs> you do get the um, fiscal analysis. A lot of this is yeah. spelled out in detail. Yeah. When you get the fiscal analysis, a lot of this is spelled out in pretty good detail. Yeah, I have. I, I think okay. I have. Uh, yeah, you did. So there'll yeah. be, I think, a final iteration around the road costs. Okay. And then yeah. I suppose anything that we learn at the school committee meeting on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I have the latest, I think. Okay. Um, I haven't 
receive the towns yet. But, um, you have the May 16th. The May 16th one. Yeah. So okay. right. you're, you're, right. you're presenting to the school committee. We will all be with the school committee. As where will Mark Fugere, who did the fiscal analysis. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, the historic strategy is uh, to pursue historic tax credits. Uh, this means that our proposed design will be reviewed um, and reviewed and reviewed uh, from the moment we submit our plans until we are done construction. Uh, this is uh, a process we're extremely familiar with. Um, we, again, submitted an initial part one. The proposal for using historic tax credits is a three-part strategy. You submit a part one to confirm uh, the, the plans are, or the buildings are in fact historic. Part two details your uh, proposed um, rehabilitation of them in detail from the lintels to kind of how the roof line looks. And then uh, the part three happens, uh, once you're done construction, you have to verify that you actually did in fact build what uh, you said you would. Uh, so we submitted our part one application to Mass Historic in April. Uh, they asked us uh, to, they thought it would be more advantageous for us to submit them as individual buildings. So instead of one application, we now have 27, um, which was fun. And we um, also, they took that application and sent it to the National Park Service for the federal tax credits. Uh, we will be meet. I'm sorry, did we meet with the Historic Commission? Yes, we met with the Historic Commission and the Historic District oh, yes. Commission yes. last Thursday. You got a I know, there's a lot of them. <laughs> oh yeah, there is, yeah, that yeah. was funny. Yes, yeah. yes, we met with all of them. Yes, um, yes. and then, um, yeah, they were pretty excited. So are we, so uh, that was good. And then if there are any works um, that need an archaeological dig. We're very familiar with those. Um, so we um, may have to engage in one if. Um, so, so, given your experience, given your enthusiasm, and given the reading you've had, is it, it seems to me pretty safe to say that this meets the criteria. Oh, yes, absolutely. So, is there any risk for uh, the historic tax credits? Uh, the only real challenge with the um, with the federal historic tax credit, you're allowed up to 20% uh, of the cost of the rehabilitation to get that in um, tax credit. The Massachusetts historic tax credit is um, given out, doled out by the um, Massachusetts Historical Commission in awards. So you have to apply every quarter or every four months for an award. So the risk, and we, we do this all the time, is that you don't get enough awards. So you just keep applying. But because we started so early, uh, we're hopeful um, that, that we'll be successful in getting the awards from the Mass Historical Commission. Um, and then um, because it's such an important project to the town and the state. We, is there, and, is there uh, a is that proportionate ratio in mean, the state? Did the federal do 20% up yes. and they do 2%? Well, <laughs> we're allowed up to 20%. So we. No, no, keep... no, but I mean, relatively oh. speaking, what does the federal contribute relative to the state? Or... Um, well, in the federal, you're allowed the full 20%. In the state, I mean. I think it's about 40% in the state. 
Is it one time? You never get it. No, you can apply. It's, so, it's you know. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, because you can keep submitting and keep submitting until you get to the amount that you need. To make yeah. the and What we've right. done in other projects is that we will forward equity to get the project completed with the idea of being at least tax credits coming out of the so we anticipate probably eight to 10 to 12 rounds of submission. So that's three a year, yeah. knock on wood, if, if our kind of. Until you meet the criteria, until you meet the threshold and then it's over. You don't just knock on. Or, yeah, until, okay. or until they say, you know, we're done giving you yeah. the award. So we, I believe Cam has already secured. Cam has secured for their, yeah, for their um, project. They've already secured. Um, okay. Uh, legal and title, again, uh, we're finalizing our LDA with the town. I think we're um, good with the town on any questions we had regarding title. So um, I think those are really the two main um, kind of legal uh, you know, obligations we had in the due diligence period. Um, and then permitting, we are meeting I can't remember when this meeting tomorrow night uh, with all of the land use boards of the town to talk through uh, the different uh, permits that we will need. Um, we've reviewed this with our permitting attorney and our permitting consultant, and all of those groups will be um, at the town tomorrow night. So we were, you know, there's just a couple of nuances trying to figure out what's the difference between the Office of Water and Sewer Board and the Water and Sewer Department. So just kind of those little discrepancies we're gonna work through, but um, these seem all pretty straightforward permits um, that we take on um, when we do a project of this scale. And then the project schedule. As we walk through so, so the um back to the gun range. Um it's not likely the gun range issue is gonna be resolved by June 21st. No, but I don't, I don't think anyone ever expected that to be. No, no, no. I well maybe people I don't know who the voters, you don't know what the voters expect, right? So how do we how do you expect to articulate that issue? And you, and it's, been, it's been characterized as the issue, right? Of all the knowns, right? I mean, there are unknowns that sure. are unknown. Sure. Sure. This is the known aspect. So it's not going to be resolved. Sure. So it's going to be the elephant in the corner. So, what we have done to get ourselves comfortable with this is um, in, our, in our RFP response, we had a sound study to confirm that. There were in fact noises from the gun range and that they exceeded kind of background noise levels. Uh, what we did after um, the designation is we went back to our sound consultant and talked to them about um, showing us uh, potential ways to mitigate the gun range. Um, and they looked at different enclosures. Um, so they basically uh, told us, you know, enclosing the gun range in a certain type of structure could mitigate this, the gun range to the site and beyond, um, showed us, uh, they modeled actually how an enclosure would um, impact the, the sound and um, basically um, taking in the background noises of the site, you know, there are noises out there. There's birds, there's a train, um, you know, things you normally wouldn't expect, but 
um, and they model that for us to show that you could in fact mitigate the noise if you enclose the gun range. Um, we then had conversations. We then went to find out who owned the gun range um, and we are running title on the gun range to determine which um, you know, ownership entity of the state owns the gun range. We then looked at um, if you needed to build a building on the gun range site to enclose that, um, could you in fact build a building? So we've gone through that process. Um, so basically all of the signs have showed us that it is possible to enclose the gun range that got us comfortable with that. And now it's a conversation of having conversations with the state, which we've started having with the help of mass development. Uh, so there seems to be a path that we can take, which is from our perspective, um, as positive of a understanding as we're gonna get um, at this point in time. And I all parties seem to I mean, be- The state seems to have an interest in helping solve this problem. This is very helpful though. Yeah. When, you, when you hear this level of diligence yeah. that you're doing, and it, it, I mean, it, and, and it's just, if it's a timing issue, then, and you can explain what you've just kind of gone through and saying, yeah, it's not like there's a gun. I mean, it's, it's, it's important, I think, in a town meeting setting that we don't just say there's a gun issue and we're working and we yeah. hope to be able to resolve it. You're, right. you're way down a road on this. Right. And here are the pieces that aren't there. Right? You know, you talk about mass development, you, you know, find out who owned it, you talk, you know, you, you know it's obviously, you know, speaks very well to what you're we're doing. I presume costs and who pays for it. Is that a question that's open to too? This could be the four seasons of gun range. Yeah. <laughs> so the mitigation would all have to take place at the site of the gun range. Yeah. Correct. Not not at the right. state hospital. No. Not, not, right. And Ascentec is not saying that. So the issue is for the, the external, the other side space of of the development, not so much the residences in the bedrooms and that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. I mean, right now, so we will have uh, our issue wasn't, well, first and foremost was if someone steps out of their home and is walking down the street, do they want to hear this? And to my point earlier, we build development that we would live in and, you know, we would not and we understand we're not anti-gun. Um, you know, we are very in favor of the police and and um, but we just think coming into this scenario and having been through experiences where we've walked investors and lenders onto sites that had quirky problems mm -hmm. um, that this could raise red flags. So um, if it's it's, good when you're walking your investor around and suddenly they I think maybe. You know, one thought I have is we would all be better off talking about this as a noise issue because I've had people say to me, "Well, you know, does Trinity know that you know you can hunt pheasant in November at the DCR, and it's it's not an anti-gun, anti-hunting." Right. Right. No, right. Right. But exactly. I, I think that's a fair point. I think it's you know that's problem, particularly in today's today. And, and but and from my perspective, being able to to articulate a what you articulated here, so that you're just not saying, because sometimes it came across to me, hearing about it, saying, well, there's a gun issue down there, and they better, someone better fix it. You're working on yeah, fixing yeah, it, yeah. right? Yeah. And there is a solution, and, and these are the steps that have been taken, and I just think taking that into the, sure. you know, making that known to people is, there, I think, helpful. There were also a lot of very confusing comments at the last, 
uh, information session um, where I didn't really know where town people were getting at, but it was almost like they were trying to preserve the gun. Like they were saying how it wasn't a big deal, but we were like, well, that, what are you saying? You yeah, know, one they, of the, you know, and I think some one of the residents, like, one of the residents who lives around yeah, adjacent to the were trying to preserve said, the noise. Well, we were at this noise yeah, like, we're we're here all the time. But what is your point, right? Yeah, it, it's yeah. If you're not building, you know. So, and I think there was some confusion. I think a few folks thought that that someone was trying to shut down a gun club. So I think you need to be really clear. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Yeah, that's that's, that's the one that that's, I that's the one that is working. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think right off the bat, you need to say it's a state-owned uh, right. gun range for the police. We're not trying to shut down. Yeah. The right. 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 When you right. say mitigate, are you saying it's fifty percent quieter? Or uh, no, we like it so that you don't hear. <laughs> you don't hear it at all. Yeah. At all. So wow. So it's got to be some type of enclosure. Wow. But if you go back to your sound contours, I mean, it's something that works in commercial real estate. 65 decibels is kind of the standard number. And there are areas, if you find that map, where, uh, you know, in where is it on the map? And I, I think we should just note here, this, these are from the RFP. This is yeah. the sound study from the RFP. The mitigation levels that we got to were down to 40 decibels. Um, so this isn't exactly accurate for looking at the decibel levels. Happy to provide the, the different scenarios. The general idea that we learned earlier is that lenders and investors consider it to be a, a, a nuisance generally speaking at 65 decibels or whether it's a train or a, a runway or something like this so you don't have to get to zero i would right. submit but you want to make it so that people sure. show it's, it's seasonal too i mean i don't know enough about this but is it is it is it used all year round here in the winter up there by the state and is this is this is it in well this, i know the one behind that neighborhood it's, is it's, 20. well i mean the same as me well, this, like, yeah. Yeah. Is 24 yeah. It's used quite <laughs> often, time. actually. You'd be surprised okay. how often, because it's a statewide training facility. Understood. Yeah. But it's not just Medfield police. It's yeah. like, right. But, it's, but so far, the state has been amicable to. They solution. really have. Okay. So um, we feel that you know we see a path um, or a potential path forward. So we're comfortable at this point in time. Yeah, I think what, what we've learned about is that is the Medfield police might use it four times a year, and it's a lot of other you know police. Municipal police, it's not the state police forces, it's other it's police yeah. academies yeah. and mm -hmm. other towns. And it's totally open air right now. So if you were to go down there, it's just people shooting into a bank. Yeah. So, and they have some, you know, caliber weapons. Yeah, because it's, <laughs> yeah. so uh, it seems like there would be room for people. Okay, so that's a good, we'll kind of walk through the steps we've taken and yeah, uh, provide that information. Definitely, it's not an open issue. Oh, no, we, we know a lot now about yes, gun range. This would be a uh, gun range project with 334 units. <laughs> 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 it sounds like that. Three of our members are remote. I just want to make sure that they have an opportunity to ask any questions sure. on their due diligence. Uh, Jill, Sharon, Amanda, I just want to make sure that you have an opportunity to, to ask questions. I'm all good. Thanks, Sharon. Jill, Amanda. Thank, thank you. I don't have any other questions at this time. 
So I think that takes us through our um, presentation this evening. Uh, it's our, we want to get you that LDA. It would make us very happy to get it to you. So. We also have two members of the, the development committee here, so Todd oh, and Johnny sorry. Martinez are here. So um, you know, we give them an opportunity to, you know, to chat with us as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, did you load the uh, they're there? I can pull them up. Uh, it's probably a good idea. Okay. You sure? Yeah, public meeting. So really what I did, and I certainly not planning to go through all the slides, but you know, we've had some conversations. I know we had many members of the warrant committee either you know, in person or uh, listening remotely to the April 6th session. And then there were two sessions with Trinity on the 18th. And I saw most, if not all of you guys there. So I didn't want to be rehashing anything, but um, and we know we have a lot of questions to answer, you know, so that you can fulfill your obligations. So um, yeah, one of the things that had, had come up in prior conversations was about our process with the development committee. So I don't know if you want to talk further about that tonight. Um, I think there's been some sense of, you know, why does the development committee think this is a good idea for the town? We can talk about that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I know we've been at this for almost an hour and a half. I think you have a couple other things on your agenda. So. Do you have a sense of how many people are tied into the um, Brandiers? Um, we need Sarah to tell us the answer to that. Sarah some reason the number. I, I saw her number, but I don't want to. The reason I'm asking uh, is, you know, this is, uh, you know, continually being updated and it's really addressing uh, yeah. each one of the issues. And when you're talking about what do you want to talk about after that? I'd be very happy to have you to walk through this report because okay. it's a, because it's a, it's so up to date, and I'm and you know the, you know I'm I'm just hoping that people are reading. It. <laughs> I think yeah we share that concern. People are busy. And, uh, there's a lot of information. You know, so right. it's been eight years of counting. So mm -hmm. yeah. information yeah, that's but been I mean, this particular document that Brandy yeah. is putting out is just it's been timely. It's been it reflects changes as it is, and uh, I, I mean, uh, maybe after you do this or you go through it, you see an opportunity. I'm interested in the second article um, for the zoning change, okay? And sort of the the details around that and why. Maybe we should know. just talk about that yeah. first. Okay. So. Um, when the zoning was changed in 2019 by a town meeting vote, and then 
an act dead. It was uh, the Northfield area subzone was drawn in a way that uh, it assumed, because the master plan assumed that building 13, just mm -hmm. the building in the back, was going to be demolished. Okay. And so, so building it's 13 is not going to be reused. Correct. So, building 13 is in the north field, and the new zoning basically said you can't build in the north field. So, you know, then we went out to RFP. So the, oh, so the, so the old or the, the zoning that passed in 2018 assumed that building would get demolished and nothing would get built. There. Correct. Okay. And then we received a proposal that said, Building 13 is great and can be saved and mm -hmm. should be part of the project. Yeah. And so I think the planning board and maybe Sarah Raposa identified that there's a technical correction that needs to be made by the town in order for building 13 for multifamily building to exist in the world. Okay. The building with the fences, the furthest one back, the furthest one around back, back where they have the. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's like a basketball court. Yeah. Well, so the idea, yeah. I, I think. And then we're having a hearing tonight would be to push the core campus subzone so that it's on the other side of that last existing so, building so that it multifamily would be. And how and what would that corner, the northwest corner, look like? Um, would that get extended across? So that I think is part of what they're discussing tonight. And I think the town has clarified that it's important to have access. But the roads will be public. So right now, if you go up that road. That's on the west slope. Yeah. It ends before you get to the north field. Mm -hmm. So I think the thinking is as part of the zoning discussion, or maybe it's you know part of the final description in the LDA, what actually gets transferred that needs to be addressed so that there's public access at all times to the north field on okay. both sides. There already would be in so that little corner they're, they're they're trying to decide what to do, like right, you know, right where that laundry parcel was and where they're remediating it and then. Where the uh, that the building with the mural on it, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Of course. So that building's coming down. That's coming down. <coughs> the proposal. But and yes, in uh, in in the eight, 2018 master plan, that was a very valuable. They put a, a pretty valuable, you know, price on that particular spot. Yeah, um, I think that's yeah. largely the laundry parcel, which hasn't yeah. transferred yet. But I think I think there is agreement that that. Corner needs to be sort of, uh, you know, it needs to, any kind of transfer needs to be thoughtful about sort of how that works with public access. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, um, but the warrant was published yes, today. And I think that that article, that's part of the. I saw a draft that the, that the selectmen had today. But it wasn't very specific about you know the article itself. It's kind of just so we will have several quotes at our next meeting. Okay, she can help okay. you know get delve into more detail and answer that question. Okay, and in, in, in the lead up to that, I'll get any information that is available distributed. So, um, but I think fundamentally, this wasn't you know a change or a kind of change in the proposal by Trinity. It was more uh, realization by the That's town that the way the subzone was created it needed to be cleaned then, up in order to to be responsive to the original proposal which was to utilize that building 13. Right. And realize there was a problem building that. 13 has always been a trinity's proposal yes okay so without 
Without it coming out of the north field for zoning purposes, yeah. you couldn't have yeah. it. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be up to somebody, Sarah or whoever, to articulate that clearly because the north field has always been viewed as being the field. You know, and I think that it is, at least from my perspective, it's a, it, and that, you know, it wasn't like, oh, that's a building in the north field that we don't, you know, I think. So, but how that comes yeah. through. And of course, the other problem always is, Oh, here they go again. So I think it's important to be able to yeah. marshal the forces. So we say, well, this has always been thought to be, and now if we go through and did our due diligence, diligence, we come to find that, in fact, this building, which has always been in the plan of the development, is in fact not in the proper zone. So right. It's a technical correction. Yeah. So that okay. So that that's a great point. Yeah. Well, just make sure that because people could get confused. <laughs> well, yeah. If somebody wants to, they can make a big deal out of something. Yeah. It's not a big deal. So let's yeah. try not to make it a big deal. Technical correction. Just like just like your point on uh, you know noise abatement versus yeah. uh, weapons. We're getting closer to a congressional committee. Would you like a drink of water? Can you go through some of the process? Okay. So should we start with the development committee, or do we want to go back to? Uh, I mean, there was obviously the master plan. I think you guys are, I know you guys are all very familiar we're with that. Quite well educated on it, but. So, but maybe I'll actually, maybe I'll, I'll start here actually. So, you know, after the town, if you go back and you watch that town meeting in 2014 to buy it, uh, it was very clearly to control the development, not so that it would never be developed, but to control the development. It wouldn't be developed by the state and result in a project that the town didn't want. So the, Master Planning Committee uh, did, you know, four years of work, uh, won national awards for public participation, and as part of that, did a community survey that had over three thousand responses. And these were kind of the big themes: preserve beauty and openness, keep the historic buildings and landscape, maintain the green, reuse the chapel for cultural and arts center, and provide for recreation. And in the master plan that was issued in August of 2018, there were a number of different scenarios, but the so-called preferred scenario called for housing and really capped it at 334 housing units as a max. So um, when we started with the development committee and Johnny, you know, Johnny and I were our original members of the uh, development committee going back to <laughs> I think it was September of 2018. So, um, you know, we were tasked by the selectmen as a committee to go out and we you know, people that work in commercial real estate who weren't involved in the master plan. So, you know, people coming into it new, go out into the development world and see if this thing, this master plan has any sort of possibility of getting done. So we started with a request for information which was basically a questionnaire. We went out to about 30 developers. We got some pretty high quality responses. We interviewed five developers, um, including Trinity and including Pulte, and uh, just talked about you know, whether this project was realistic and kind of strengths and weaknesses of the kind of the vision and the master plan. 
the main concern that came out of that was not whether you could do a project with a historic rehab, but whether or not you know, sort of how a zoning change would fit in. If you had to also change the zoning as part of a town meeting, is that going to be a, a detriment to receiving proposals of developers looking at it and saying, okay, this is a you know pretty big lift. We have to spend a lot of money to win the bid and on due diligence. And if I don't know, it just creates too much uncertainty. So, you know, we went forward with the article in 2019, um, the uh, zoning vote to basically change it to zoning that was in accordance with the strategic plan and it, it passed uh, by the required two thirds. But 14 votes, right? Or yeah, about 70%. Is how I look at it, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, it felt like a speaker, but it was about 70% of the people that were there voted yes. So, um, so then, uh, you know, we were authorized to move forward with a, an RFP, and we took our cues from the master plan, but we didn't require, you know, which we would say it wasn't a blueprint. We, we, we wanted developers to know that this was the vision that the town saw for the campus, but that if it was not realistic in certain ways, or if it didn't make sense, or they had something better then we, you know, we wanted to uh, receive proposals, uh, you know, reflecting what they thought was achievable and made sense, it would be sustainable over a long period of time. So, uh, this was all under the 30B rules in Massachusetts. If you're going to dispose of public property, it's a very uh, prescribed process. So we hired technical assistants. We hired an attorney as a committee, in addition to you know Mark Sorrell representing the town. We're working with a firm called Mead Talent and Costa, and we went through rounds of multiple rounds of public comment, which actually it was not a required part of the process. But I, I think you know we all felt, and the selectmen felt, it was advisable for a project like this to allow people to comment on the RFP and to take those comments into consideration. So we, uh, we eventually issued the RFP in April of 2021. The main categories you see here, community impact, consistency with the town's disposition intent, which is basically, um, you know, preserve the values of the town, limit the impact, fiscal impact on the town, but also have a project that was viable for developers. And then we also had criteria around the development team and compliance with design guidelines and zoning and the, and the 2019 zoning change, we felt we didn't really want to have to go back to the town and say, okay, now this has to be zoned a completely different way. So we had some uh, requirements from the state under the 2014 LDA, how we would distribute the marketing plan. Uh, we went out to about 35 targets, some of those say two thirds of those are development firms and the third were architects, engineers, people that are you know, really tied into development in Eastern Massachusetts. We advertised at the Central Register and the Medfield Press as required. And then the town had its own list of people who had expressed interest over the years. And uh, this is probably a, not the final total of the number of times the RFP was downloaded from the town's website, but there was a lot of interest that came in kind of you know over the transom and for people who have been pay paying attention for for many years. So uh, we had some opportunity, you know, formal process if developers had questions to submit written questions. The RFP was amended three times to respond to questions and to adjust deadlines. Uh, at one point we did a site walk up at the property and we had representatives of 10 groups, 10 developers 
up there with uh, some of their advisors and we felt like we were receiving pretty good interest. But then ultimately when August rolled around, we had a deadline, we just had two proposals, one from Trinity and one from Pulte. The Trinity proposal capped the units at the number of units in the master plan. Uh, Pulte had actually a couple of variations um, in their proposal, but the two that dealt with the whole campus called for a, a much larger total. Um, one version was 602 housing units and the other was 702. And I would say, you know, we, we didn't get the kind of engagement that you're seeing tonight, for example, from Trinity with Pulte. They, you know, excellent firm, obviously, very capable. Um, not a lot of details submitted in terms of what's the impact on the town. There might have been a number that they estimated, but there was no way to really evaluate it. So I think from a committee point of view, it was hard to evaluate it and you didn't want to deviate from the 30B rules and be collecting information post deadline that was really supposed to be part of the bid. So, you know, we did our interviews, um, had some interesting conversations with Pulte, but in the end, uh, the, you know, the, the committee felt unanimously that Trinity's proposal was more reflective of what we were trying to do as a committee and what the town had said it wanted for the campus. Um, we did do some post calling around people that we thought would bid that didn't bid and asked them why they didn't bid and there was there was a real mix of reasons. Um, you know, we heard it's just it's a very complicated project uh, requires and teaming, some developers said, and you could line up, um, you know, JV partner, and it was just, um, you know, a big, big project for them. They decided to pass. Um, we had a couple of people tell us they knew there was a lot of interest in the project and they didn't think they could win. Um, so they decided in the end not to bid. We had developers tell us they mostly do new construction, that if the mix was two thirds new construction, one third historic preservation, Avalon <coughs> Bay, for example, We've done some other state hospital projects that they felt it was a better fit for them. And then we had other developers tell us, you know, there's a bylaw in Medfield that requires 25% affordable housing, and they would either rather do 100% affordable housing, use low-income housing tax credits, and do a project like the park, for example. Um, or other developers said, you know, that's really, if there's no subsidy, the town's not providing funds towards affordable housing, you know, we, really a market rate developer and that's kind of a you know we want to stick to that can i can i ask a question Jeff? is there a direct competitor that parallels to what you do uh, yeah, we've got lots of them too many yeah well, of course there's always too many from your perspective but yeah, i mean you know, frankly of... we were surprised i mean there are you know there are a lot of good developers out there that um you know, can manage most of this. I think what's different about us and them is um, there's a lot of moving parts here. And we always kind of joke that people work at Trinity because they like to work on a complicated product. And um, you be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I was somewhat surprised, but then again, you have folks, they only want to do 100% affordable. And then you have other folks. I mean, we've established a niche where we can do. Um, Mixed income, we've been successful with that. And historical credit? Oh, yeah. Competitors, so that's the. Oh, yeah. Uh, there are some that are probably right up there with us, and maybe some that have actually done more. Uh -huh. I maybe giving them too much credit. But, um, 
you know, I think that uh, there's a number of capable people. I don't think, again, you know, when you think of 27 buildings, that's kind of a conversation stopper for a lot of people. But, um, you know, this is exactly the kind of project that we take on historically. It's the one that no one else either has the courage to do or the ability to do it. And we've developed a, quite a niche business taking those kind of things. Thanks. So just to maybe, you know, kind of wrap up that part of it, when we, uh, you know, we did our evaluations, the, uh, August 2nd was the bid deadline. So we spent from August 2nd to the very end of October evaluating proposals. We did interviews with the developers, which were uh, public interviews. We allowed uh, public comment on the proposals. The proposals had all been posted to the town's website. We did a series of questions, maybe asked too many questions of the developers um, as part of that process. But um, you know, overall, it felt like it was, it was very helpful to us as a committee in understanding sort of how much work had been done ahead of time by the developer and really thinking about this project and how they might go about it um, versus something that might be more of a kind of packaged, um, you know, RFP response. Uh, we also worked hard to incorporate the folks in the Historical Commission and the Historic District Commission in our process, uh, as well as the Cultural Alliance, given the nature of the, the Art Center, you know, what had already been, the lease had already been entered, entered by the town. And we also worked with the Medfield Energy Committee, who's expressed a lot of interest in this project and you know, trying to get to net zero for the town, kind of longer term goals. This is a big project. How does this project further those goals rather than become an impediment? So that all culminated with a, a vote at the committee level at the end of October to choose Trinity as the most advantageous, which is sort of the 30B language. And um, the selectmen voted on it in early November to proceed with Trinity as the most advantageous and move to the, uh, the PDA. So I think you're pretty caught up from there in terms of the due diligence process that Abby and Amanda talked about earlier. Um, just trying to get to the BLDA, right? Which we know is very important. But I think, you know, covered a lot earlier about kind of the nature of the due diligence that's being done. I, I think the ones that I would highlight is sort of the hot button issues that you know we're seeing and that we're particularly focused on is this a lot of concern has been expressed to the public meetings about water capacity. And we'd actually done a study before we went to RFP, the development committee we did a study with PAR. And then that was reviewed, I think actually jointly commissioned with the water and sewer department uh, with environmental partners to evaluate that because I think you know it had come up even earlier, maybe at the master plan, but certainly in our early development committee meetings about you know, was that going to be a, a showstopper? And so the two studies that the town had done at that time indicated that there was sufficient capacity. Trinity now has their own study that was peer-reviewed by environmental partners. So now we've had four studies by three different firms since 2019, and they all indicate sufficient capacity. So I don't know, because I think people, you know, right now you, you can only hand water your lawn. I think there's sort of people trying to understand what the connection is between something like that and a development like that. And I think, you know, we're going to be meeting with the water and sewer department tomorrow. And I think we need to talk further about this. And so people have good information about what's going on with water in town. 
uh, we're looking at the impact on schools. We've had a lot of discussion around that tonight. We have a meeting Wednesday night with the school committee. We're excited about that. Uh, Mark Fougere will be there, the fiscal impact uh, consultant at Trinity engaged. And uh, you know, when we spoke with him early on, uh, it was gratifying, as Abby mentioned, that they did seem to be broad agreement with the superintendent on these numbers and and Mark had made the comment to me that this was his third project in that field. So I think it, even the Aura project, and I'm not sure what the other one was, but he has relationships with people in town, various departments, and he's been able to get good information or maybe coming in with fairly realistic numbers. So there's not this big kind of gulf to be negotiated. So I don't know if there's other issues and that I, you guys would add that, to that, that list. Last point on the traffic. Um, I was just looking at my question. I had one one I didn't ask earlier. Um, so in the uh, the beta study, um, they mentioned that there was a uh, they you know they they mentioned that there were you know there's this twenty five percent of the daily traffic. That impacts major, what I call major intersections in town. So, like, Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. So not not the not the ones that they did this detailed study around, but these are like uh, Route 109 and North Street 27 at West Street and Route 27 at 109. So they said from the possible development, there were 25 percent traffic that was going to impact those studies, and they said. They recommended a financial contribution to future improvements of those intersections. So I just point that out in case you haven't seen that one. But it's like come it up, just, yeah. just came up. Okay. Uh, and uh, I, Todd, I think it's time to go. Send the bill. I thought you said send the bill. And then there were there were you know and then the the other ones that they did study in detail. You know they. I guess they graded as an F, um, but those everybody knows about. You know the impact of those are good. Yeah, they're already bad. They're already bad. Yeah, and they're just going to get worse. So they, that's we've already talked about the uh, mitigation that's going to happen there. But okay, I just want to make sure you knew about that. That's all. Yes. No. Thank you. Well, you know the going through this, um, you know, we both later, but. Couple of thoughts that I have. Um, I've been on these cards, so it's just, uh, you know, you talk about water capacity, and when you're addressing that traffic, you know, impact on schools has always been a, a big issue, right? And we've addressed that. Um, you know, we just went through some very uh, challenging issues in, uh, you know, in schools, in town character, and open space where huge issues and, and environmental as well. So I think you're addressing those. Um, but I, I think that to me, you know, the way that you've addressed this with the historical view and with the campus and maintaining the buildings as they are, I think it's, you know, and being, you know, consistent with the town's um, vision, as you said, is, uh, is a huge deal. You know, Jim, when you were talking earlier in, in, in your presentation, um, you know, that it's a complex, this is a complex, this is, you know, uh, project. Um, and as you, you know, showing your, con show, you know, 
as, as you make your presentations, I get more confidence in your experience and your ability to address it. So, uh, I think it's really important to, uh, and I've raised this with uh, Todd a number of times, um, you know, you know what you're getting yourself into with this, with this environmental piece. And, um, you know, the, the number of 20 million of you addressed in the past, you've got that in your number, you're, you, you, you have eyes wide open. Um, I think that's really important because when we say, what's the, what's the purchase price? The purchase right. price is is, yeah. is what we get and what we don't have to keep. Right. You know? So if you're getting two million and you're not keeping twenty million, that's a huge question, you know. Because we ultimately, when we talk next week, yeah. it's going to be what do we retain? If not this, then what? Right. Well, you know? right, and that's the that's the question that that comes up. So what what if the boat fails? And Tommy, what what does that mean for the community? What kind of liabilities are we? stuck with what are the costs you know what then <laughs> right well so i think you know various numbers have been put out there in the past i think we were interested to hear sort of what trinity was thinking because it would be a current number a lot of the information we had was pre-covid and pre you know cost construction cost runoff and my understanding just extrapolating on the four buildings it's about 20 million so now, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a big more than that by the time, you know, you're able to do the job, but that's, you know, if you read it represents what? To remediate the buildings. So you have to remediate them before you, if you were to ever want to demolish them. Say, right, why not? Make a change not Let's just make it a so when folks bring up the the concept of well that land is worth a lot more than 20 million dollars sure is it that the cost of 600 700 homes 800 a thousand you know are you talking about increasing the population by 12 20 percent or you know that's, what the that's where the volume well, the, the, the value first of all the state didn't just give us the land. Right. So they knew what was they knew what the liability was too. Okay. So we were taking that off the yeah. We were assuming that. So when right. we got to your other point, I think is that if there are these, you know, to, that's why I asked the question. Yeah, there's other companies who can do this. And if they're the same companies, they're going to come up with the same proposal, or you're going to come up with 745 units, you know, up tear it down and put this up. And that's going to change everything significantly. Yeah. And when you say, if you say there's 800 people that are going to come on at 344 of these kind of units, you put 750 units up there um, of buildings and houses, you're going to you're going to have a 10 to 15 percent increase in the size of the town with a lot of more two, three, four bedroom homes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. That's yeah. Right. and that changes yeah. the schools. And then you right. then you're then building, you're not, yeah. you know. You know, filling in yeah. schools and talking a lot different. So I think that it's really important. Plus, you know, I'm sorry, sorry. No, I was going to say it's really important that as you, I, you know, articulate the process that you've gone through. I think it's important to emphasize that you know we didn't just get two, right? That that Trinity is reflective. You know, you know, in in addition to all the work they've done, you know, and that speaks for itself, is that the alternative would be the same or okay, or the 750, you know, and the 750 is just not even an option for for a town like Medfield to take on that kind of 
that, yeah, and I think everything. the other thing people have to realize is that, you know, whatever that number is, 40 or 44 million that Pulte put out there, you know, half of that goes to the state. But then I'll stay with Medgar because of the sharing arrangement, you know, that has to occur. Correct. Which reminds me, Nick, is that calculation done? Is that, have you done that? The calculation of the proceeds to the town? Uh, yes. Yeah. Ty, I didn't know. Did you, did you include it in there or not? I did not include it uh, okay. in the slides, but okay. yeah, but it's just some of the variables are like how much land are you and yeah. how much you've spent so far. So it changes a little bit here. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I, I would also find it hard to believe that you could get a consensus at town meeting to say, you know, hey, we're going to tear down all these historic buildings and put up a million homes. I just, right. if you thought this one was going to be hard. What, 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 I agree. Yeah. It, it never, it's, no one yeah, would ever approve 750 or that right. would never pass two thirds vote. But what, what happens in these situations, from our experience or my experience in four or five years of board, is it, it's a coalition of, of no's. <laughs> it's not one no that you deal with. It's like, you know, that I don't want this, I don't want anything to happen. It's going to group with. I don't think we're getting enough money, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. added to the, hey, you know what, we can we can do better on this, mm -hmm. and all and all of a sudden it doesn't take long to get to thirty three percent. And I, I think that's a great point. So you want to make sure you don't, you know you deal with those individual pieces mm -hmm. together, yeah, so that there's not a co a coalition. And I would say, and I'm, I'm sure Johnny agrees. You know, having been at this for almost four years. And the exposure there, I was getting calls from architects saying, do you know developers that might come in on this? We're really interested in this project. So it was out there. Mm -hmm. Would we have liked to have gotten more proposals? Yes, of course. But it wasn't for lack of you know, marketing of the opportunity. So you know, if this didn't pass, is there a reason to think if you went back out, you would get more proposals or better proposals? It's just I don't really see it. Right. And I think what you might get is, well, Medfield doesn't really want to do this project. They just voted this Trinity proposal right. down. Well, so I, yeah, well, I think that's a very practical yeah, point there, right. too. And I, Jim, you, you alerted to it, but I think it's, you know, you've made a big investment here already. Yeah. So, you know, and that's not, that's just reality, right? And if, and if, if it's, an, if, if there was a company that was right behind you that thought, well, maybe we could do this, and the town comes in and says, we're not going to do it. There is no, there will, I don't think there would be, you know, from my view, that, you know, this is it, you know, are we, are we going a different direction? I think it's also worth noting that um, water's going to start penetrating the buildings, and pretty soon it's going to be a foregone conclusion. It's going to be I think the timing is right. Yeah. When you continue. Well, maybe I'll just jump ahead. I think, you know, you're very familiar with, you know, what would be sold at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess, you know, the way we look at it, you know, the, the town bought 127 acres in 2014, and it's, it's, it's a beautiful piece of land. It came with these 27 buildings, or maybe it's 29 buildings, the can buildings that, that have issues they're known to be just the vintage of the buildings they, they they always have these materials so there's you know the, there's a real benefit to the town not not just the cost savings but actually having having those buildings addressed while still retaining the open space and you know the sledding hill and all of these other parts of the property that are not uh characterized by 
these buildings that need to be addressed. So yes, we paid $3.1 million for 127 acres, but we're selling 45 and we're selling the 45, you know, potentially to somebody who really knows how to bring these buildings, you know, not only up to code, but back to life and kind of uh, activate the campus in a way that would be, I think, very successful between you know, the river and the open space and the art center. I think it would all be pretty exciting and successful. So um, this map just kind of overlays, you know, we bought A and B in red. And uh, what you see on the right there in the inset, that sort of jigsaw piece, what's in yellow there is <coughs> what's proposed to be transferred. I know you guys have seen these maps before, so. Uh, you so know, on that, I'm just going to go back to that. You're gonna, uh, you want to ask about the North Field, right? So this yeah, purple so, rectangle. So that purple, that's where, that's building 13, right? Correct. Okay. And so is the zoning just associated with the purple box, or is it is it potentially taken to? This shows the existing zoning. So okay. exactly how the planning board might You don't know how it okay. their hearing is tonight. Yeah, so. okay. All right. But the building 13 is within that purple rectangle along with you know where you would put parking for people who live in building 13. Okay. So I'll just hit a few other quick things, just you know, overview of the Trinity proposal. I know you heard this earlier, but it's it's all all but two of the buildings that they would be acquiring would be restored. So and that's outside of that, you would have the CAM buildings. It's 334 apartments, 75% of the fin market. Everything is within the existing footprints of the buildings that are up there today. There's no new construction contemplated at this time. Um, they have a consultant called New Ecology is very well known for sustainable housing. There are obviously limitations in what you can do with the historic rehab. Uh, are they doing any sort of standards like LEED or WELL or anything like that? Is that the um, It's a little more complicated. We haven't gotten to that point yet okay. about determining how we do it given the historic um, nature of the property, but we will be... I'm just a question. I'm just curious. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question, but you know, the energy committee has been... They're pretty eager, I think, to kind of get to the permitting questions about, you know, could you do solar panels and, and things of that nature? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the proposal also absorbs the infrastructure costs. I mean, you might look at kind of typical municipal infrastructure costs or something like this, and the strategic plan it was estimated at about $26 million. That's a 2018 number. So that's aside from, you know, the environmental remediation. So this all gets wrapped into the project. There's no cash outlay. There's no two and a half override. Um, the town is released from various uh, liabilities it acquired from DCAM, you know, buying the, the property in 2014. My recollection, my recollection of the zoning question was people were skeptical that we wouldn't incur big infrastructure costs. Mm -hmm. But that's proved out not to be the case. Exactly. But I mean, that's a, you know, we're within, you know, yeah. the sure. robots are going to come from the, those no robots, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So if you can address that issue, then it, it proves it there. And inside the, uh, the, all those environmental issues we assumed from DCAM are going to go away with sure. this new agreement. I thought, just check them. 
So uh, this is just the financial piece that it's a $2 million purchase price. There's the $500,000 that Jim mentioned earlier to go towards costs that the town might incur, you know, during construction, construction management, things of that nature. And we've already been reimbursed $25,000 for costs of basically putting this out on the market. Uh, they are also uh, making a million dollar donation towards the historic rehab of the chapel and the firmary, the, the cultural arts center. And they've pledged to donate $250,000 in the future to CAM for programming once the, once the art center is operating. So um, I think we've kind of talked about our review conclusions just informally, but the slide I wanted to get to was, was this one. If I go back, these are the criteria I read to you that I said the 3,000 <laughs> survey responses indicated was important to the town. And we think this proposal meets all of those criteria uh, and then some. So we, you know, we feel like Trinity took seriously what the town said we wanted in the RFP. Again, that RFP was out for public comment multiple times. The selectmen made multiple revisions. You know, we got it to a point where it could be issued as representing what the town wanted, and we feel like we have a proposal now that does that. Okay. Another big slides. I don't think I want to. <laughs> any more questions or um, want to touch? Make sure that everybody on the remote land has a, has a chance. Anything from you folks on Zoom land? Gail, Amanda, Sharon. I'm 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 good. This has been great. Thank you for the presentation. I'm good too. Great. Um, this has been really informative. Thank you. Any, any question? More questions for Doug? For John? Okay. Well, thank you all. Thank you. 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 So let's spend a few minutes just kind of strategizing what, what information we may want before our next meeting. If anybody has any ideas who may want to invite to the next meeting to help provide some clarity on anything. I just would like to spend some time with school people just to nail down this question of, of the extra school capacity that was assumed to be needed back in 2018, two new classrooms, and half a million dollars. So I know that was 300 kids, so obviously we're not in that, that range anymore, but for the same token, we, we, we're kind of at capacity at that mm -hmm. place already, right. so any, any additional kids are going to have some kind of impact. Maybe they think they can deal with the size of this, you know, yeah. But I just think we ought to, you know, 
to get them to say it's okay rather than us assuming yeah. so so they you know they, they, they're, they'll be meeting with the school committee on wednesday yeah um probably you know the discussion there that you can invite maybe mike francesca or, or somebody yeah. else to report maybe to yeah they have them just for a 20 minute update yeah uh, the nominee path of the group is fine <laughs> yeah we just want their right, exactly their blessing That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's part of the meeting actually. We yep. have them just for a half hour segment or a 20 minute segment just to. That'd be good. Yeah, because it, it's just one of those lingering questions that's out there that sort of, you mm -hmm. know, was in the, in the 18 due diligence and uh, make sure. And the other thing I think is just, I guess Sarah's going to be there so she can do with any traffic um, issue, right? Right. Yeah. And, uh, so I'll work on getting those um, attendees lined up. Um, in the interim, after you know you digest the meeting and information tonight, please forward any questions you may have, and I'll work on getting the answer to those for the, the next meeting. I hope we get a quorum. <laughs> yeah, that's my question. I guess it's like what's. I mean, they, I, I've attended some of these online sessions, yeah. but what's the pulse out there? Is it like has do we have numbers of? I mean, it's going to be like my understanding is like. Juneteenth is that Monday. That's a holiday. And that's the last day of school. Yeah, the, the last day of school is a half a day. It's a half a day. So, so that's, that's, that's the first day of Friday. It's the first day of Friday. They're going to come in for half a day. Yeah. And just like yeah. board voted on the gross quorum number, or is that? That'll be tomorrow So they're considering a reduced quorum. Oh, good. Which has been supported by the moderator, Scott. So good. It's a modest reduction, but one that. So the modest sort of guarantee that we will 100 people 150. Does the select board take a position on this article? Not yet. Will they? Yes, the, I believe since they're negotiating the LDA, they will be voting. I hope they will. Will. <laughs> <laughs> will. It's not going to take If not, it will be a surprise <laughs> to me. And then we'll be here. Is the reason I ask? Do we have some meeting with the select board? A joint meeting. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. There's not much time, but they're meeting on the 14th. They're meeting on the 14th. I second that. I, I think it would be great to hear from them as well. In, in what way, like what information would you want from the select board? What, what questions do you have for them? I just want to hear their voice. Is <laughs> it similar to the school committee? I mean, they, they've gone through this. I think it's important that we look and view as one. That uh, you know they've been negotiating this and, and, and frankly been negotiating this in executive session, so um, they've been through this whole process. I'm sure, and I think it's you know particularly us. It's good to be on the board. It would be great to hear from them just based on their negotiation points and kind of where they settled and why. That's my my personal interest in it. Thanks, Joe. Yep. I mean, if we if we don't have the, I'm just trying to think out loud. If we don't have the LDA by next Monday, that's an meeting on Monday, Tuesday. It's on Monday, which does keep yeah, us. So we're we're going to have to have a second meeting or another meeting, right? Right. So I mean, benefit of having it on Monday, we could possibly, if we needed to schedule a meeting for Thursday, based on what we hear on Monday, we could. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the LDA, how is it this far apart or this far apart? <laughs> it's this far apart. Okay. Is it this big or is it this big? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's always this one. It's always this big, yeah. though. <laughs> it's easy to start from here. Right. You get down yeah. to the end. Well, I think the you know I, I think one of the pieces on the uh, on the LDA is clarity on what it is and what it isn't from the side of is the framework, but it's there's still an ongoing process, right? That so I guess that's a question. I mean, when I say the what I'm saying is. So it authorizes the select board to negotiate an LDA. No, the no. LDA is the one to negotiate. It'll be negotiated. This one, right. so it's done. It's a done deal. Yes. Everything is in. Yes. Yeah. The LDA will be agreed upon for town meeting to essentially accept. This so, is a document. Yeah. So at the town meeting, they're going to have to give the component a Sesame Street version of the LDA. Christine, I couldn't see your hands on how far apart. Okay, thank you, Jeremy. As a lawyer, you know how long it takes to get that last. It's that last part. Sometimes it's going to be multiple presentations. There'll have to be two or three presentations. Oh, oh, Trinity will have one. Somebody will have one. Somebody will have one. This is, uh, is going to be a, a long meeting on the 21st. That's why I was asking is how many, like, yeah. do you have a sense of how many people attended these sessions and how informed the, the general public is versus, you know? Well, the, the session, I know you went to one and then we went to another one. Jeremy and I went to pretty well attended. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, and then there was another one that was pretty well attended. It's very well attended uh, in the senior center. So, okay. Okay. Well, they were serving lunch, but I mean, it, it was <laughs> yeah, they had food, which is always a good idea. <laughs> So what you're saying is I need a food truck for town meeting. Not outside. In the <laughs> Dinner will be served. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Well, yeah. 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 Well, it might not be a bad idea. That's something that you know, have a sandwich. And... I have a question about the LDA. Um, they referenced that the hurdles, or I guess the speed bumps that might arise are going to be specifically called out in the LDA. Um, does anyone know here, are those treated as contingencies or um, negotiated ways to address the hurdles or, or do we know? I mean, I guess we'll see it. But You'll see it. No comment. <laughs> okay. All of the above. Very sweet, you know, Amanda. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think those are the issues, right? Yeah. Without saying what the issues are, Christine, that's the that's the yes. We'll be addressing some of those addresses. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm curious about that area. Okay. I mean, theoretically, the LDA is if we're voting on that, people can. Maybe an on the floor amendment to that kind so of. So you're thing. not voting on the LDA. Okay. The LDA will have already been agreed to by the selection. What you're voting for um, is the authorization to okay to allow the selection so, to consider. So nobody can come up with different wording, and nobody can do like nobody can say we recognize their faces. Right. Okay. I, I mean, who knows? But yeah. <laughs> but the theory now, but John, it's not showing up. 
trying to get you on the big screen, Amanda. And, yeah. Once the others went off video, I, I willingly followed suit. <laughs> I, I want to see the pumpkin on Sharon Catro's screen because it's after <laughs> <laughs> She may have sent me one. I'm sure there's a pumpkin in there somewhere now. Journal's oh. first meeting. There's was, 11. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is the uh, placeholder uh, agenda items for the, the transfers. Um, we don't have any. So we're going to discuss those. Oh, our agenda for tonight is done, other than our conversation. Great. Anything else people want to chat about? Good. Motion to adjourn. Second. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Uh, and a roll call for those on Zoom. Sharon? Aye. Amanda? Aye. Bill? Aye. Thank you. We are adjourned. Thanks, guys.